Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico. Uh, as always, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be starting out with, of course, another great round of Coach's Corner. And uh, this week, I've got uh, two great guests on the panel tonight. Uh, John Decker and Paul Castor are going to be joining me here in just a few moments. Uh, and then a little bit later on in the show, uh, I'm going to welcome back my good friend, uh, golf fitness instructor and fitness over 50 authority and founder of the NY Golf Fitness uh, guru, uh, Mr. Brett Cohen, is going to be coming on here tonight, and we're going to talk about uh, hydration and nutrition on tonight's show, something that we haven't really gotten into a lot uh, in the past, but uh, definitely for those uh, that are out in the, the heat of things right now with the hot weather up north, and, and particularly down here in, uh, in the southeastern part of the United States where things are really starting to cook up on the first day of summer, uh, you definitely want to make sure you're well hydrated and that you've been eating properly uh, when you're out there uh, playing on the links. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but let me remind everybody first, of course, we are live every Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, best way to find us, of course, is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golftalklive, or you can just simply type golftalklive up in the search key, and that will take you right to our main page. And, uh, of course, you'll find the show front and center there Thursdays during the live broadcast. Um, but not to worry, for those of you that maybe can't tune in live and you want to still listen to the show, just visit that link at any time uh, after the uh, original air, uh, broadcast is aired, and you can scroll down to the on-demand section, and you can listen to the show in its entirety on the recorded side of things. Um, also, you're welcome to tune in through other social media platforms, iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and TuneIn.com. Again, just type in Golf Talk Live and uh, in the search key, and that will take you to the respective page on those social media platforms. So, um, but for those of you joining us live tonight, uh, as always, thank you very much for, for doing so. I appreciate you spreading the word, and audiences continuing to grow each and every week, and I thank you for that, uh, for your faithfulness, if you will, uh, for tuning in. Uh, also, I update the show on a variety of different other social media platforms like Facebook, uh, you can go to Golf Talk Live blog as the Facebook page, uh, or you can check it out uh, on my personal page, uh, which is, of course, under my, my personal name, which is Ted Odorico, and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O is the correct spelling. Uh, you can also, on my personal page, on LinkedIn.com as well. I post it through there uh, every week with upcoming shows and who's going to be on uh, the Coach's Corner panel and my special guest of the evening. Uh, also on Twitter, uh, for those of you following me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO, CEO is in capital letters. Uh, you can check it out there as well. So lots of great ways to tune into the show and uh, and keep in touch. So, uh, and if you want to reach out to me personally, if you're somebody in the golf profession, don't necessarily have to be a golf teaching pro or coach. Uh, maybe you've written a great book, uh, or you've got an interesting uh, golf product that you want to share with my audience. Uh, feel free to reach out to me personally. My email is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And of course, we would love to hear you. 
hear from you during our live broadcast. You're welcome to call in any time from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Thursday nights, and the number to call is area code 646-716-4667. All right, as I mentioned, I've got a great uh, panel tonight, and let me tell you a little bit about the guys, and then I'll bring them out here uh, to join me for our discussion on Coach's Corner panel. Uh, John Decker, of course, uh, been on the show many, many times, uh, one of the favorites. Uh, he's currently a teacher professional at the New Albany Country Club. Uh, in 2015, he was named the Southern Ohio Teacher of the Year, and prior to that, he was the head instructor at the Grand Cypress Academy of Golf in Orlando, where he worked under some great top 100 teachers, uh, instructors like Fred Griffin and Phil Rogers. Uh, he's also an author of a great book called Golf is My Life, Glorifying God Through the Game, which has an accompanying Bible study as well. Uh, for those that uh, definitely want to reach out and get that, I've read it. It's a great book. Uh, he's also a, a fantastic motivational speaker as well as he travels around the U.S., uh, helping everyone sort of lift their spirits and uh, and just uh, enjoy themselves a little bit better. Uh, we need more of that for sure. Uh, also joining the panel tonight is Paul Castor. He's a golf coach and the director of instruction at Forsgate Country Clubs. He's also been recognized by Golf Digest as one of the best teachers in New Jersey for 2017 and 2018 and was also selected by U.S. Kids Golf as one of 2017's top 50 kids teachers. So um, I can't ask for a better panel than that. Guys, uh, welcome to Golf Talk Live's Coach's Corner. Thanks, Ted, yeah, for thanks having us. So thanks for having us. All right, us. guys. Uh, as all, not a problem. I appreciate, uh, as always, uh, you guys giving of your time, and uh, I know it's not always easy, so thank you. Um, all right, guys, we're going to talk about, I, I, I sort of alluded a little bit before we went on the air, uh, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about a topic that I uh, – look at as changing the face of the game and whether or not do we really need it. And, and what I mean by that, let me just sort of explain a little bit and, and then we'll get into our discussion tonight. You know, there's been a lot of conversation that the game needs to change. Uh, there's some for it and there's some against it. And it's not just the actual game itself, but the industry as a whole in order to attract new golfers, uh, especially with a lot of millennials now uh, coming on the scene and, and out there starting to work, some of them, and, and, uh, and, and continue on with, with education, um, but sort of coming out into the, to the workforce, if you will, and out consumer, um, obviously the golf industry, like many other industries, wants to sort of uh, establish a, a route, if you will. And traditionally, for most people that got into golf, uh, certainly in my day growing up, I had a father who uh, took me out to the golf course uh, very early, and of course both my parents played a little bit, uh, my father, obviously, more than my mother, but uh, they certainly were interested in golf. So that was kind of how I got my start uh, way back when. But in today's society and market with so many different time restraints and things like that, um, that doesn't always happen. So it's up to the industry, really, guys, to, to be able to reach out. So my first question is, and John, I'm going to start with you, and then, and then Paul, I want you to also uh, chime in as well, is uh, how do we as golf professionals, first off, overcome some of the time, uh, time restraints that our, our students have. So in other words, you know, timing is, is an issue right now. People are, are stretched in so many different directions. How do we accommodate them uh, in, in ways of, of still getting them out there playing and, and maybe taking some instruction, uh, but not, you know, overwhelming them with, with so much time that they have to commit to? Well, Ted, thanks again for having me on the show. And Paul, I look forward to being on it with you tonight. Um, that's a great question. It's funny that you asked that because my first two lessons I had today, uh, both I got text messages literally uh, minutes before the lesson that they were running late, and they, they ended up showing up late. And, of course, they knew that I had a lesson following them, so 
you know, they, that was going to be um, something that they were going to have to, to, to deal with. And so, um, you know, after the lesson, I made sure to, to talk and the, and the parent was there. It was a, it was a junior lesson. And I just said, you know, for our next right. lesson, I want to make, I want to make sure that you get here before the lesson uh, is scheduled. So if we have a 10 o'clock right. lesson, I want you here at least at a bare minimum, 945, but ideally maybe 930, even nine o'clock and warm up, be, be ready to go so that I don't have to spend your time uh, watching you warm up. And, and uh, because that's just, you know, I can't really get into the teaching part. So, um, you know, I think that's, sure. that's one thing that we see. And I think that uh, I think parents today are are much more where they plan out everything for their children. I mean, they have them, you know, 10 o'clock this and 11 o'clock that. And, and so when I was a kid, <laughs> we just got, we just got to the golf course and we played all day long or when it was football season, we played football. And when it was basketball season, we played basketball. Now it's much more structured. Right. And so, you know, dealing, I think a lot of times it's, it's letting the parents know that, you know, taking the golf lesson is more than just an hour or 30 minutes or whatever your time is. It's, there's a warm up that, that needs to be done. And there's some things along those lines, if, if they're going to get value for the money that they're paying for. So that's, that's something. And then, uh, you know, the game itself, uh, I, I'm, I'm encouraged with a lot of the things that I'm seeing going on in the game uh, with uh, some of the rule changes that are being made, things that are going to speed up the game so that right. people can uh, play game, play the game of golf, uh, you know, nine holes in two hours or less instead of taking three hours to play nine holes. And I think nine holes is, is with today's society and what I'm seeing uh, is pretty much going to be what the millennials are going to want to invest. I don't see – a ton of millennials uh, wanting to get out and play 36 holes like I did when I was a kid. So um, those, those are some of, off the top of my head, some of the changes uh, that I or some of the things I'm dealing with on a daily basis. Right. Well said, John. Um, and, and you're exactly right. And I've got a, an interesting question um, that I'm going to bring up a little bit later on uh, specifically about millennials based on some recent studies uh, from some of my fellow professionals. And I'm going to bring that out in a little bit. Um, but, Paul, I want to ask you essentially the same question, um, you know, but I want to add a little bit of a twist based on what John just said. You know, do we as professionals, let's say, I'll give you a scenario here, uh, let's say you've got a lesson that's uh, going to start at 10 o'clock. Do we as professionals need to do a better job in informing our students to say, hey, um, you're coming for the lesson at 10, but as John pointed out, Ideally, you really need to be here a little bit earlier so you can get a little bit of warm-up in uh, before we do that. So how do we, how do we find balance uh, with, with everybody so structured in their time right now? How do we find balance as golf professionals? What do you do at, at Forsgate? Uh, that's a conversation I have with a fair number of my students. Um, you know, people are pressed for time. Um, and, you know, traffic in New Jersey is, can be challenging, and uh, we, we end up, yeah. Um, you know, having, having a, a fair number of people show up like right at the time that their lesson is going to start or, or just after. And, um, I think, I think that as golf professionals and people who've been around the game for our, you know, the bulk of our lives, it, we understand the value of, of warming up and hitting some golf balls before trying to work on our golf right. swing or, you know, but it, that might not we, you know, our students might not have the same understanding of that, and it, it definitely behooves us to to try to 
help them understand that uh, a little bit better. Um, I, I, there are things that I do, you know, in the beginning of my lessons uh, with students who are late, who didn't have a chance to warm up to help them get warm faster so that we can take, uh, you know, take advantage of the time that we've got. Um, you know, I think uh, life has sped up a fair amount um, in the last few years. I, I, we're all answering a lot more emails and, uh, and right. communication, uh, you know, seems to be quite a bit different. And so people are trying to get their golf in and we have to help them, uh, you know, and help facilitate that. Um, sound like uh, we're coming down on them necessarily also, you know. So uh, it have to be a little careful, you know, not to scold people when they're coming to take off lessons. Uh, but I think um, the other thing is, you know, that we have to figure out a way to, to make it um, uh, time efficient and attractive and help people get, uh, get something uh, enjoyable from their experience at the golf course, even if it's not an 18 hole round of golf. So that might be, you know, a coaching program. Um, it might be a nine hole round and encouraging people to play nine when maybe it didn't occur to them that that was something, uh, that, that might be an effective use of their time. But, um, I run, I I run programs, a lot of programs for juniors. Um, and I find that as long as I have a schedule and the parents understand what we're doing, they're okay leaving the, the kids with me for, an entire day or an entire week. Um, They want to know what's being done and, 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 you know, understand the schedule. Um, So I think coaching program appealed to adults too. um, And it, and they're getting a little bit of golf experience without committing five or six hours of their day, uh, which I think is right. Pretty important. Right. Well said. Um, And and you're exactly right. You know, uh, I I know just from a personal note, you know, on the weekends, you know, I like to um, my my girlfriend and I like to go out and, and, you know, um, partake in some good meals uh, at various uh, restaurants. And one of the things that I things that I notice is just how engaged people are um, with their social media devices and, and things like that. And, we find it. We kind of feel her and I as the odd man and woman out because everybody's head is sort of down, looking at their device, and we're the only two, you know, conversing in the whole restaurant, with the exception of the waitresses. So, you know, we're we're battling kind of a, a difficult situation and navigating right now uh, in society because people are very, very uh, preoccupied, um, and they're making. Uh, you know, like a jigsaw puzzle, they're trying to fit all the pieces together of their day and not just sometimes just going with the flow. So uh, as you pointed out, Paul, you know, we've got to be careful not to sound like we're scolding them, but at the same time, um, they need to appreciate and understand that our time is equally valuable. And, you know, when we're scheduling the minutes, and sometimes in many cases it might be a last-minute uh, scheduling, um, the very least they can do is show the courtesy uh, to be there in a timely manner. And I know sometimes, you know, traffic can, can hold people up, but, you know, I'm sort of the old school 
you know, leave a few extra minutes early if you have to in order to make sure you arrive on time. And those are just things, you know, that, that we have to navigate as, as golf professionals uh, in, a, in an ever-changing world. Um, I want to move on to the next question. Um, and, John, I'm going to, again, start with you. Uh, this is one particularly I know that's sort of right up in your wheelhouse. And let me just sort of put this out here, and then uh, I'll get you to respond, and then Paul as well. Um, video lessons uh, and, and or instruction, uh, video instruction has fast become of interest, especially to millennials, as we just talked about. Um, the younger generation are very interested in a lot of video uh, content, and they're constantly looking at their devices. So it poses the question, in order for our efforts and our instruction or video lessons, if you will, to be effective, how long should those videos be in order to keep their interest, and what's too long? Uh, John, what's, what's your thoughts there? Okay, um, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've, I've been working. Uh, I, I got uh, hired uh, in September to work with GolfSwing.com, and, and they have taught me so much about Internet um, marketing and um, I, a lot of things that I didn't know. And, I, um, you know, I, I uh, didn't grow up with a computer. I'm 51, so, uh, you know, I, I'm having to learn this kind of on the fly. And um, one of the things that they told me is that the, the kind of the sweet spot is about uh, in the five-minute range. If you can make your videos somewhere in the three- to five-minute range, if you go less than three minutes, they feel like maybe they're not getting any value. If you go more than five minutes, uh, you start losing them. Uh, and so that's kind of the right. where I try it when I do my videos. Now, I'll do a video and I'll send it to GolfSwing.com, but then I want to hit Twitter and Instagram and and Facebook and all that. And sure. so what I'll do is I'll do a one minute or less, like a, like a, just a brief recap, trying to highlight, okay, today's video was on uh, whatever the drill is, show the drill and say, if you want to see the entire video, go to golfswing.com. So that's kind of the, the way I've been right. doing it. And it's been very successful. Um, and so, um, you know, I just have, I've talked uh, and I find it uh, to me, it's, it's been amazing I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and, and said, John, I love your videos. And I don't even teach them. They take lessons from other people because uh, we have a large right. staff at our club. And so they maybe take lessons from some of the other pros, but they love watching the videos. And so um, I just think, you know, I'm a big believer in anything that you can do to grow the game. Um, and when you start putting yeah. videos out on social media, you're reaching the world. I mean, you have a worldwide platform and, and that's something that's very appealing to me and something I've it's been very exciting. Right, and, and you're exactly right. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, and, and Paul, I'm going to let you chime in here in just a second. I, I think this is something that obviously has been going on for a little while. Videos uh, are certainly not new uh, to the Internet. Um, you know, uh, platforms like YouTube and others have, have been uh, churning out video product for a long, long time. And not just the younger generation, but even some my age, which I'm mid-50s, I'm 54 this year, so I'm a little bit, uh, little bit older than you, John, but we're pretty much in the same uh, demographic uh, as far as that's concerned. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with, with a lot of this technology early on, and, and I've had to adapt as well for, for various reasons, um, business and otherwise. But, you know, even some in our generation are starting to turn to watch this, uh, this medium because they can do it in the comfort of their own home or when they're traveling. Uh, sometimes they don't always have time to go to the golf course. And if they found somebody like yourself, John, or, or even Paul, 
that is of interest to them, they can sort of take you on the road with them and watch some great instruction. Maybe if they're on a vacation somewhere and they need a few quick tips and they want to be able to, to uh, you know, visit your video library there on golfswing.com. Um, Paul, what about you? I don't know whether you do uh, much video, but is this something that you are doing or is this something that you're maybe looking at, at getting in doing? And, and what are your thoughts about uh, the general question, which was what do you consider to be uh, too long or too short to sort of keep their interest? Um, you know, I've done a little bit of, of video instruction. I do a lot of social media um, stuff. I have a pretty – decent Instagram presence um, and do some instructional things there. I've thought about doing, um, you know, the online content. I just um, haven't found the time yet. You know, I think um, it's, uh, it definitely seems to have some value um, to to people. And and I think uh, the convenience of it is definitely, um, you know, it's consistent with, kind of the themes that we've already talked about uh, tonight and the fact that people are seem to have less time and, and are much more kind of visually oriented and, and involved in their phones. So um, I, I just, I still think that um, the, the highest form of coaching and of golf instruction happens in person um, on a golf course. So or on a lesson tee uh, for that matter. So I, you know, that's kind of where I've been focusing my efforts and, and especially with, you know, the juniors that, uh, that I coach. Um, I, I, I think that to really develop a golfer, uh, you have to see that person and understand their swing and, and, um, and have an ongoing relationship. Uh, that being said, I definitely think that, um, that creating some general video content, um, can be useful for a lot of people and it can be appealing. So, um, I think, you know, three to five minutes, I was, I would say three minutes, um, is, is about right. And the videos that I've done, um, on social media that have done well, uh, definitely tend to be on the shorter side, uh, of things. So, um, but it's definitely an interesting, you know, an interesting phenomenon. Um, we're seeing it happen. And, and I think, uh, you know, we have to understand that learning a golf swing, you're, you're developing a motor pattern um, and you need feedback. And, and it's, uh, it's very helpful to have somebody who uh, knows you, knows and, and can see you and, and, and if necessary, um, you know, help you find the positions that you need to be in so that you can create that, uh, that consistent pattern. Right. And, and let me just clarify, um, you're exactly right, um, Paul, in your analogy, um, obviously, and I think John would agree. Um, I, I think really the purpose, uh, and, and John, feel free to, to jump in and correct me if, I'm, if I state this wrong, but really I think the purpose um, that John, as an example, um, is doing a lot of this video content is not so much uh, to necessarily teach people the game of golf as it is really to as an outreach to um, expand uh, the market, if you will, um, and, and reach people that normally are not coming to the golf course. Um, there's a lot of people yeah. out there that are, as I said you know, earlier, have got their face buried into their phone. And sometimes the only way that you can reach them is to meet them at their level. And videos yeah. are very, very popular. And, John, I, I, you're not really trying to teach per se 
through your video lessons. I mean, you're certainly there to give pointers and things like that, but you're not there to mold the next uh, Rory McIlroy through your video uh, lessons, but it's a vessel, if you will, or one of the vessels that you use to attract people uh, to the golf course and get them interested in the game. Is that pretty much, uh, I have that right? Yes. Uh, my, my, my main focus is to, is to is I, I want to brand um, you know I want to create a brand and one is I want to create eventually a golf ministry uh, and the second thing is is I want to grow the game of golf I owe it to the game of golf to do my part and um, you know I I yep. reluctantly did I reluctantly did this I kind of tiptoed into the social media uh, stuff I I've only been on social media since 2012. And but I see the value of it. I see a, it's a way to reach people. It's a way to grow the game. And this is where the kids are. This is where the uh, this is where the parents are. This is where a lot of people are. And I had one of my students. He said, he said, yeah. Um, he goes, I'm flying to Arizona um, uh, next week, and I'm going to watch all your videos on the flight. And so I thought that's great. You know, he's on the flight, and he's going to watch the videos, and he knows the the drills that we've been working on because I've got them all on there. And so to me, that was, that, that made me feel good. It made me feel like the time that I put into to doing it, because it takes time for me to actually do these videos that it was, it was going to reinforce. It was going to show my student that I was given a little bit extra effort to make sure that they have some homework that they can go home and is accessible on their phone. And then if they get on vacation and they're struggling with their game, they can pull their phone out and go to the driving range and maybe and maybe uh, say, oh, I remember now. I, got, I need to work on this drill and watch it and and hopefully help right. them, you know, uh, improve. So so it's a little bit of instruction. It's a lot of sales and it's a lot of of just trying to grow the game. Yeah, and and I I think there's you know, and as we've talked before on the show, uh, there's a caution that has to be put out as well. Um, there is a lot of video content out there that is not necessarily um, that helpful. In fact, it can be uh, detrimental to the game. There's a lot of people that, you know, want to think that they know a lot about golf and want to throw a bunch of videos out there. And, and sometimes it can have a negative effect as well. So, you know, uh, people have to do their due diligence, if you will, when they're, when they're traveling around the internet uh, and they're looking for golf instruction to make sure that the people uh, certainly, you know, have some credentials and, and things like that. Um, but I, I agree with you as well, Paul. I think that obviously our best instruction is going to happen face-to-face on the golf course. Um, but I think that we can also use some of these other tools, as you do with Instagram and some of the other social media platforms. Video is just another form um, that we can use to reach out to a global community because golf obviously has expanded globally. Uh, I want to jump uh, – Actually, a few questions. I want to go to one I mentioned earlier uh, about millennials, uh, and, and I want to throw this in there. And, and Paul, I'm going to let you start on this one here. Um, I, I talked to uh, some friends that uh, are also in the, the golf industry recently, and, and they've come across some various studies through their own efforts and just studies that they've read that others have done um, that have shown that the newer generation of consumers, um, and, and obviously I'm talking a lot of millennials here, uh, don't see golf as fun. What can we do as an industry to change that mindset? Because obviously, uh, and I'll give you a good example. I talked to uh, a friend of mine the other night, two nights ago, uh, and he actually was in a situation where he had about 25 to 30 millennials. And he posed that very question, you know, 
you know, what do you like or don't like about golf? And nine out of 10 basically said they don't find it fun. Um, so how do we handle that type of um, feedback and how do we show them that it can be fun? What do we need to do as an industry to change their viewpoint? Uh, Paul, that's for you first. Uh, well, I think, I think we're seeing it, um, you know, in, in businesses like Topgolf um, and, and some other places that are focusing on kind yep. of the entertainment side. Um, and I think it, you know, we're starting to get some data that indicate that, um, indicate that, that Topgolf is actually generating, uh, you know, green grass golfers that people are getting an in- introduction at Topgolf Top and, are wanting to go find out more about what, you know, quote unquote, r- real golf is like. Um, and so, yeah, traditional golf. Yeah. 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 And so I think um, part of our job now is going to be to help, you know, make that transition go well. Right. And have people uh, experience um, the golf course and the driving range and, and golf lessons um, and coaching pro- programs Um and, you know, for me, and I think anyone who ever, you know, who became a golf pro, the, the kind of pursuit of mastery was fun. <laughs> and, and that isn't the same right. thing that I think a lot of people, um, you know, when asked whether golf is fun or not, that, that isn't really what they're looking for. They're looking for a relaxing, enjoyable time in their leisure time. Um, and, it, you know, we have to figure out ways to <clears throat> help people find some success pretty early in their golf experience. We have to help them hit solid shots pretty soon um, because if they're, if they're not and then, and they're struggling, um, it becomes, le- you know, it's, it's just not going to be a lot of fun. Um, but I also think that, you know, gamifying our practice, um, creating like, competitions and within coaching programs it's kind of what I try to do um in my teaching um goes a long way because if there's an if there's kind of an internal competition that's going on for somebody as they're trying to get better that's more engaging than just going out and hitting golf balls and trying to make a better golf swing right so um I think those are some of the things that um that seem to work and you know I think yeah um, people are, are generally just looking for a shorter, a shorter experience too. So I think people's, um, attention spans are, are getting a little bit shorter and we have to figure out a way to make golf appealing, even though it, 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 it's kind of a, a bit slower, you know? Right. No, you're, you're exactly right. Well said, Paul. Thank you. Um, and, and John, I think, you know, Paul raises a very, um, a very interesting uh, hypothesis, if you will, you know, Top Golf has, um, and, and obviously there are others out there, but but Top Top Golf is is certainly a leader in this right now. Um, has has sort of taken golf more of the on the entertainment side, as, as opposed to, um, you know, traditional golf. And I think that one of the things that has sort of turned the newer generation off is a misunderstanding about golf. Um, their experience or what they've seen or perceive golf to be is the elite players that they see on TV every week. And right away that sends a message to them 
you know, heck, I'm I'm not going to be the next, you know, uh, tiger or what. I just don't have that ability or I don't have those resources, so it's not for me. Um, Top Golf is is, and I don't mean to make light of this, um, has, in my opinion, come out with golf's version to the traditional bowling alley, and I, yeah. I don't mean that as an insult, but essentially that's what it is. It's it's that type of entertainment facility wrapped around a game or a sport uh, in order to pique interest and to, and to, you know, just have some, some good old fun. And, and as Paul pointed out, you know, people are looking at that and saying, Hey, you know, I, I want to look into this a little bit more. So what do you think we need to do uh, as an industry, in your opinion, uh, to really make it uh, a little bit more fun? Because I've talked to a lot of people as well. And, and that's some of the answers I've gotten is they just don't see it as something that they can do. Um, you know, because they don't plan on playing on the PGA or the LPGA Tour anytime soon. Um, so, so what do you think we need to do as an industry? Well, uh, that, you know, when when this when you first asked the question and when Paul was was answered, the first thing that popped in my head was Top Golf because um, I've been there and I and and if I was a twelve year old and my dad came to me and said, John, we can, you know, uh, you know, your birthday's coming up. We can either go to Top Golf and take your friends to Top Golf, or we can take your friends to the golf course into a clinic. I would go to Top Golf, and so that's sure. um, unfortunately what that. I mean, I'm just being honest. If I was a 12 year old and, and yep. looking at all the bells and whistles and the excitement of that, and you know your friends, and it's you can you you know it's 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 just a fun atmosphere. Um, I think that that's you know one of the things that I did at New Albany. Um, is we we have a uh, we we instilled a, a Halloween clinic at the end of the year, and we put pumpkins out there, and we put posters of all the instructors, and we had the kids taking drivers and bashing <laughs> drivers at the posters of the instructors, and you know, and I would tease them, oh, you can't hit me, and oh yeah, I can, and they would swing away and try to, bu- you know, we called it the pumpkin bash, and they would try to hit the pumpkins, and I mean. It was it was it was fun. I mean, they enjoyed it. It was kind of like the big break uh, version. We didn't use glass or anything. And right. You have to be careful with that right. because you can get some ricochets and stuff. But we built this stand, and it was pretty elaborate. I mean, it took me all day out there to put that thing together. And and uh, but but anything that you know, as in the golf industry, you know, working at a at a at a private club or if you're working at a public facility, you have to find ways that you can that you can bring games because golf is a game and there needs to there should always be an element of scoring and an element of competition uh when you're doing it to make it fun um you know and it, and and I think that anything that you can do like we one of our favorites is tic tac toe and we do that with the yarn and and we do it on the putting green and we'll play tic tac toe with teams and they love that anything that a team events seem to really bring out the camaraderie. I think the PGA of America um, is coming out with some pretty good stuff with the golf league now and the, in the team events. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, a, a, the, the right approach and, and trying to get guys like Ricky Fowler and Rory McIlroy. We have like these really young players now that are kind of the face. I mean, Tiger brought in the mainstream media or brain, brought in the mainstream viewers um, that that no one else, had, you know, Jack was and 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 Arnold and those guys were bringing in just your traditional golfers. When Tiger Woods came on the scenes, he brought in everybody. And so these young guys that we have, the Ricky Fowlers of the world, you know, I, they they've got anything that we can do 
to make it exciting. I love what they do out at the waste management on number uh, is it 16 or seven. Um, I can't remember what hole it is where they have the amphitheater, uh, you know, style and they have that. I, I think that we have to, you know, kind of get away from everything being so traditional um, and make it fun so that, that more eyeballs are watching it on television. More people are wanting to get out to the golf course and, and, and more people are having fun. Yeah, I, I agree. I think with with, with both with, with both uh, yours and and Paul's uh, comments, uh, you know, I agree 100% with that. I think, uh, and I like the idea, John, of of the pumpkin and and uh, and uh, getting the the you know uh, pictures, if you will, or, or what have you, of of some yeah. of the professionals at your at your facility. I think that's a great idea. It gives fun. I think also too, and and I've said this for for many years. I think golf is changing to a point that, you know, traditionally it was individual lessons, um, whether it be, you know, male or female um, and or junior. But I think that the industry also needs to focus on family golf. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of young families coming up, especially, uh, uh, you know, a lot of in the 20s and 30-somethings that have just started a new family. And uh, maybe their kids are three, four, five years old and, and up, and they're looking for something to do. And there's a lot of activities that they can do as a family. And, you know, certainly going to a mini putt course is, it can be fun, but again, it's very limited. Um, I think the golf industry, maybe something like what you just talked about, John, might be an opportunity um, to have different events like that throughout the year. Uh, and to get families to come and participate in some of these different events might be an opportunity as well, because usually where mom and dad go, the kids want to go, uh, or if the kids are interested in something, then mom and dad want to go and, and be able to participate because they want to you know, watch their kids play these different uh, games and things. So I think the golf industry really needs to, instead of focusing on the individual so much, um, maybe start to focus on the family as a whole and say, let's get families together. And then what comes out of that, whatever, um, you know, lessons may come from that. But I think that might be an opportunity as well. Um, Paul, I'm going to jump back to you here. And I got uh, another question that I want to throw out here. Um, you know, we've talked about from the professional standpoint, um, you know, different things that they can do. Um, there's also been a lot of discussion over the last several years on what courses themselves can specifically do to adapt um, to a declining population here in the U.S. Uh, as far as golf is concerned. Um, the numbers don't lie. We've looked at this for, for a number of years now, and obviously uh, there's an aging population, so that is added into that. But it's also, again, goes back to this, you know, not being fun. People have gotten out, gotten into the game, and maybe gotten out. As a golf professional, what do you think needs to happen in order to increase more interest in the game? What specifically do you think the courses need to start doing in addition to some of the things we've just talked about? Uh, I think there's a lot that can be done. Um, you know, something that occurred to me when we were just uh, – I, that I didn't include in my answer to your previous question was, you know, technologies are coming along um, – and will be available if they're not already available, they'll, they'll be available very soon where we can basically um, put, put uh, you know, range finders or launch monitors uh, on, on driving ranges that cover the entire range um, and that people can get their uh, login and, and get their ball flight da data and play games on their phone. 
Um, I'm on the advisory board oh, wow. for Foresight Sports, um, and they have a technology like that. Uh, they make the GC Quad. But um, so these things are coming, and, and I think that's the kind of thing that golf courses are really going to have to do to keep people engaged um, in wanting to be there and practice. And um, I own a launch monitor that I use for my lessons, but it doesn't cover the entire driving range. That would completely change the experience, you know, for um, – uh, for I think practicers, uh, people who, who want to spend time uh, on a range, um, I think that we need to do a better job of introducing golf at a much younger age in schools. Um, I yep. also think you know we uh, we have to make golf seem m- more open to people of various backgrounds, um, right? Uh, than maybe it has in the past and I don't think it's a secret to any of us who've been around in golf uh, for a long time that the game hasn't really been inclusive Um, so I think more uh, and and the PGA is pushing that now which I think is fantastic Um, more inclusion and 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 diversity in the game but if we don't introduce golf um, in school as part of a a physical education curriculum with young children um, at the same time that they're getting baseball and soccer and football and track and field and all the other things that they could do later when they're in middle school or high school, um, we're not going to, we're not going to have the the same level of retention or participation. So um, there are some people who are doing these sorts of things in after school programs. Um, But I think we, you know, it behooves golf professionals to try to figure out a way to work with, their clubs and and with the PGA to try to figure out how we can get consistent uh, golf programs in schools um, on a long-term basis from when kids are very young. So I think that that's um, critical. You know, PPI did a study a few years ago um, and surveyed, uh, it was like just over 100 kids at the general area of their headquarters out in California and gave the kids an option, uh, you know, what if you had your choice to do a different activity every day after school, five days a week, you have, you have five activities, uh, what would you choose? And these were just, you know, normal school children, I think 10 years old, thereabouts, and not, not a single one of the kids mentioned golf. Right. And so that's, you know, that that means that we have to make, we have to, we have an awareness problem, you know, that we have to work on. And, um, and I think the best way to, to go about that is to get into the schools and, and try to do it that way. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree wholeheartedly. And, and uh, John, I want to get you to respond here in just a second, but I want to say one quick thing. Um, I'm, I'm certainly hoping uh, later on this year when she takes uh, her position, and I'm talking about, of course, Susie Whaley, uh, who's going to be the new uh, president of the PGA of America. I hope that she, uh, in some of her um, uh, agendas, if you will, looks at doing that. There are a lot of great professionals. Uh, I could name a number of them that have been on the show who do some great uh, after-school programs and uh, teaching of, of youngsters. But again, it's it's very far and few between. There are certainly a lot of great professionals across this country and, and abroad that do teach juniors, 
but unfortunately, the majority of them uh, are working with juniors who are already in uh, some sort of a golf program or a junior golf tour uh, and are looking at playing competitively. And there's, uh, that represents really a very small percentage of kids out there. Um, there's a lot of kids who would love to play golf, but uh, Paul, as you just pointed out, uh, you know, if you randomly asked 100 kids about what they'd want to do, uh, I'm not surprised or, or shocked at that uh, result that not one of them mentioned golf. And that's because they don't think of golf as something that they can just jump in and do. If, if they're not introduced to it by their parents, then how are they going to be introduced to it? And I think that um, the, the golf club manufacturers, um, both large and small, I think the PGA of America and, and every other uh, governing body in golf needs to really focus on and, and aggressively going after the school systems and getting uh, you know through the government and saying, look, we want to get golf in here. We're willing to pony up some financial resources so that it's not all on taxpayer burden uh, and, and to be able to run these programs and get it into the school system so that it is like football and baseball and volleyball and all these other sports that kids are exposed to because you're exactly right, Paul. If you don't expose them at a young age, by the time they hit middle school, they've already established their benchmark of what they want to do or what their interests are. And if golf has not been introduced to them in some way, shape, or form, it's not likely going to happen later on unless they meet somebody uh, in their you know, wheelhouse of friends um, that really pushes that issue. Um, John, what are your thoughts? I'm sure you agree with, with a lot of what Paul has said and, and maybe what I've said, but uh, what else do you uh, uh, want to add to that? Well, yeah, I do agree. With, I think uh, Paul brought up some great points, and you as well. Um, you know, I think back – I think that it's important as a golf professional – whenever you're dealing with, with growing the game is, is, is obviously you're, you're one of the first target markets you're going to go after is going to be your juniors um, because, you know, you want to try to grab, capture them. And you almost have to think like a child. You have to think, you know, when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, you know, what were, what were the things that I wanted to do? And the majority for boys, I can remember, the majority of the things were team-oriented sports. I mean, to play in the little league and play in basketball because you were with your friends and you were part of a team. So I love the jun- the PGA with the junior league. I, I would love to see that um, start expanding into the schools as well um, and getting, um, you know, I, I quite frankly think that, that there's some things that could be done with junior tournaments. For example, I think the hole needs to be larger for like the young, young children. I think, I mean, I think that would, I mean, it is painstaking sometimes to watch, uh, you know, six and seven and eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds when they're first starting out, um, you know, just to hit a simple putt. And and you don't have to have nine-hole, uh, you know, tournaments. You can have three or four-hole tournaments. Um, that, those are some things. I also see for the adults like speed golf. That is becoming very popular. I've got several members that are doing that. In fact, one of them wants me to do a video. and He's trying to get me to do it, and I'm um, uh, you know, just, uh, I, he's, he's a lot more, he does a lot more running than I do. So, um, you know, but I, I want to try it because I think that, I think it's one of those things that, you know, from the adult standpoint and when you're trying to grow adult programs, if you can do things like that, um, it's, it's gaining a lot of traction, a lot of clubs, especially when you get the CrossFit people, you know, people who are really into cycling and CrossFit and all the, 
all the working out and stuff. If you that's a market and that I don't see the the PGA really going after. And I feel like because um, he told me, you know, when he said we can do a video for that, and so I said, all right, we'll do that. And he goes, I have 500 followers, and he won for his he's uh, won for his age group. So I was like, you know, that's a lot of people that are interested, you know, that are in their 50s um that are interested yep. in speed golf i I was kind of surprised by that i i didn't realize that it was that popular so i think that there's a lot of creative ways i think with women um i think that you know the social aspect team aspect is is a great way to go i love doing the i did a a, a, a ladies clinic and we did a wine tasting after so we had a clinic i called it a sip and swing we did about um a, an hour and 15 minute um a clinic and then we did for about 45 minutes we had wine tasting and and cheese and all that stuff and so they really enjoyed that and so i think anything that you can do outside of the you know thinking outside of the box getting in the mind of you know of what you liked when you were younger or what you like um you know what you see other people maybe doing at other clubs and other courses because this is what these discussions that we're having right now Every time I go to a section meeting, every time I go to um, any kind of like teacher of the year conference or anything, this, this is what we're talking about. How are we going to capture right. people? How are we going to get people to be engaged in the game? And, and, you know, I think that there's a lot of great ideas out there, and hopefully some of them will really, you know, take, take hold and, and, and the game will grow. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, again, well said. Uh, I, I want to ask just a final question because um, we're we're um, literally running out of time here, and uh, I know you guys got to go, and I want to give you, each of you a moment or two to uh, uh, let the folks know where they can reach out if if they uh, so choose. Uh, and my question is this: Do we need, as and this is a general as an industry, maybe what we need to do is to ask what they want out of golf as opposed to maybe imposing what we would like them to do. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times when we go out in the community and that, you know, we talk about uh, lessons and we talk about coaching and we talk, which is all great. But I wonder if the industry really needs to go out to the general public and say, what would you like your golf experience to be? In other words, find out what their interests are and not so much what we think it is. Um, what do you think about that uh, analogy and what do you think about maybe getting out into the community more and, and not just do it necessarily in a clinic, um, but just as, as a golf industry, as professionals to get out there in our community and, and just, you know, have meetings with different community organizers and things and saying, you know, what do you want? What, uh, you know, what interests you in golf? What would you like to see change and get their feedback as opposed to, um, what we traditionally do in, in section meetings. And I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying, is that something that we need to add to the agenda as well? Um, John, I'm going to let you go. And then Paul. Um, I think that, I think that that that's important. I mean, I, I like when I was doing my book tour, I spoke to 650 elementary school kids in one day. And uh, um, one of the things I did, and this really blew my mind at the very end, um, I would have them ask some questions. I had about, 30 or 40 range balls that in a little shag bag because I was using that, you know, showing them different things about golf and everything. And I started like giving away, these are old range balls. I mean, they're just, you know, they, they say, you would have thought I was passing out hundred dollar bills. The kids went crazy. I could, I didn't have enough. I felt right. terrible. 
because I didn't have enough balls to give out. But that was it made me realize that, you know, I'm I'm looking at it from my eyes, but I'm not looking at it from their eyes. I you know, this is something new to right. them. They've never seen a golf ball, a lot of these kids. So to them they, they right. wanted to, you know, uh to, to do it. So I think it's important that you that as golf professionals and that's why uh, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's going doing clinics, whether it's going and speaking at churches or speaking at schools or whatever it is that you do, I think every golf professional owes it to the game of golf to give back in some way, to find their way that they can give back. And, and, and I think that's a great point is ask them, you know, what is it that would, would bring you to the golf course? And I think that's a great point, Ted. Yeah. Um, Paul, what about you? Uh, your thoughts as well. Uh, I think we, we do a pretty good job within our industry, but what do we need to do outside of the industry? Um, and, and as John just pointed out, reaching out to, through different community um, areas to, uh, to get the message out there, if you will. What, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I definitely, I think, you know, uh, going out into the community is, is worthwhile. I think giving complimentary clinics and, and letting people know that you're going to do something like that um, and, you know, is, is a really fantastic way to get people involved and come out to your course. Um, uh, you know, we just want them to feel like it, the game is open to them and to give them an, an opportunity to come experience it, uh, to enjoy what we enjoy so much about the, the game. I think that uh, spending every day at the golf course and and uh, seeing it through our eyes, we don't always appreciate the really special things like John just, you know, talked about um, that are, I think, right. you know, relatively minor Um and, and that we can, you know, use to make the game seem more attractive. I just read a study that there are more people interested in learning how to play golf right now than there were uh, when Tiger first started. Um, it was a study by Joe right. Branca. So, it's you know, he's a major figure in the industry. Um, there are people out there who want to get involved. I think we just have to be pretty creative in how we go out there and, and find them um, and, and make it. Uh, welcoming for them, you know. I think that that's that's a big piece right. of it. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, and I think I think meeting them at the kind of same technological level um, that they're used to operating on now with with phones and and everything is going to be very important for the game going forward. So, I think figuring out a way to do that um, for clubs and and for instructors is going to be very critical. Yep, I, I couldn't agree um, any more than that. You guys uh, did a fantastic job tonight. Thank you, as always, guys, for um, for bringing your best to the Coach's Corner panel. I appreciate it very much. Um, Paul, take a deep breath and just let the folks know if they want to reach out to you, uh, whether it be through social media or just get in touch with you if they're interested in uh, bringing their game uh, up to the next level or just learning how to play this game. How can they go about reaching out to you? Chad, thanks. Uh, so much for having me tonight um, you can reach me through uh, the Forsgate Golf Academy website uh, through my own personal website paulcastergolf.com uh, my Instagram handle is paulcastergolf um, and I'm also on Twitter uh, as well so um, it would be great to, to help anybody out there just have somebody come and, and visit with me and, and give them an introduction to the game Perfect. Thank you. Um, John, what about you? 
Ted, thank you again for having me on the show. And, Paul, I really enjoyed uh, uh, being on the show with you tonight. Um, if you want to see my videos, you can you can go to golfswing.com forward slash John Decker. And, that's, and, and I spell my name J-O-N, uh, John Decker. That's all one word. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, John Decker Golf Instruction is a fan, my fan page. You can, uh, you can reach me through Facebook. Uh, you can reach me through Twitter. Uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, also uh, YouTube. I have a lot of my videos. In fact, all my videos and Bible study videos are on the YouTube. Um, I'm now doing online instruction. So if you're interested in that, again, if you reach me through one of those social media platforms, um, I've been I just started doing that uh, with the V1 app, and it's it's gone very well. And uh, my book, uh, Golf Is My Life: Glorifying God Through the Game. You can get those at Barnes and Noble or on Amazon websites. But uh, again, thanks again, Ted, for having me on the show. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I thank you guys again. I know it's not always easy, as, as I've said many times before, uh, out there uh, working to help people elevate their games all day long and then having to come here uh, for an hour on the Coach's Corner panel. I know sometimes can be a little bit uh, difficult when you want to just go home and unwind, but I appreciate you guys uh, always bringing your best. And uh, John and Paul, uh, I look forward to the next time. So have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for helping out. Thank you. Thanks so much, Ted. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was my very uh, special guests on the uh, Coach's Corner panel, uh, John Decker and Paul Castor, a uh, great uh, couple of professionals. And uh, I've got my special guest uh, waiting here, and I will bring him on in just uh, a moment or two. But I want to just remind everybody um, that we are live, of course, every uh, Thursday evening here on the blogtalkradio.com network and best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live and or just type golf talk live up in the search key and that will take you to the main page and we are live every thursday from 6 to 8 p.m central and uh, for those of you that can't join us live or uh, maybe you want to uh, listen at a later time when it's convenient for you uh, you can do so by uh, visiting that link and just scrolling down the page to the on demand section and that will take you uh, there to the recorded version and you can listen when it's convenient for you so but thank you again all the folks that are tuning in live tonight I appreciate it always uh, also some other great ways that you can tune in is, is go to itunes.com stitcher.com and tunein.com and again just type golf talk live uh, up in the search key and uh, that will take you on those uh, various social media platforms you can tune into the program so lots of great ways to tune in also you can follow me on Facebook uh, Ted Odorico and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O is my uh, correct spelling of my last name. Uh, update every uh, week on social media through Facebook, uh, Twitter. My Twitter handle is Ted and Buck CEO, CEO in capital letters, and of course on LinkedIn.com as well under my personal name. So you can uh, follow the show there as well and find out who's uh, some of the upcoming guests. Always got some great stuff. And don't forget also Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, also on the blogtalkradio.com network, instead of typing Golf Talk Live, type Women of Golf. And you will find me along with my good friend and co-host, LPJ professional Cindy Miller, on, of course, the Women of Golf show uh, every Tuesday morning on the same network. And you can also find that on uh, the other social media platforms that I just mentioned. So uh, make sure you tune in. We do have some great uh, guests every week that uh, are really geared to fostering the growth in the women's game. Uh, here this year, we've really been featuring a lot of uh, the recent winners of the Symmetra Tour, of course, which is the uh, up-and-coming tour uh, getting the ladies ready uh, to battle it out on the LPGA Tour. So 
uh, that and some other great guests. So make sure that you tune in uh, to the Women of Golf every Tuesday. All right, we've got a great uh, guest. Uh, I love having this gentleman on my show. He's been on many, many times. Uh, we've been kind of doing a feature, if you will, this uh, this season, uh, just talking about the, the physical side of golf, um, getting – uh, in, in golf shape, if you will, for the season. We talked a little bit about that earlier on. And the last two uh, shows that he was on, we talked about how to last longer on the golf course. Um, well, tonight we're going to continue that uh, conversation, but tonight we're going to focus on hydration and nutrition, which a lot of people overlook. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about my uh, very special guest and, and good friend, uh, Brett Cohen. He's a golf fitness instructor and fitness over 50 authority, as well as the founder of NY Golf Fitness Guru. Uh, and uh, as I said, he brings uh, another great uh, discussion tonight uh, about hydration and nutrition. So let me bring him on, and we'll uh, we'll start the discussion. Good evening, Brett, and welcome. Hi, Ted. Uh, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be on here with your audience. Thanks for having me back. Not, not a problem. I appreciate it. All right, so Brett, let me just uh, catch the folks up here just a little bit. Um, one of the things that we want to talk about in tonight's show uh actually two things that we want to talk about is uh hydration and uh why that's uh, so important and also we want to talk about uh good nutrition uh both before during and even after the golf course to to get us uh not only in good shape but uh to get the most out of our our, uh, um, our bodies as we navigate around the golf course even if we're driving a golf cart you still have to be able to do that so let's start with the hydration uh, mm-hmm. part why is uh, hydration so important well the nutrition pyramid that we're going to discuss uh, there was a third element which is uh, the supplementation part actually begins with hydration so right. proper nutrition begins with adequate hydration hydration is going to be the foundation of health it's really key it's really important to to take in uh, adequate amount of water throughout the day i could tell you from personal experience in this business for a long time. I have a health history questionnaire that I supply to all my prospective clients, and there's a question about how much water they take in during a day. Um, the frequent answer I'll get is not enough uh, or some minuscule amount, often all, uh, offset by caffeine yeah. and alcohol on the other side, um, if they're being honest with me about that part. And uh, so the reality is, is most people are not adequately hydrated and uh, that will detract from health and performance. And we could discuss uh, that in a little more detail, but so hydration is, is really important to, for um, everyone, uh, whether they're playing golf or not. Uh, the main reason is, you know, your body's made up of 60 to 70% water. Uh, another right import, important important thing to think about is, uh, at least for me, the number one reason golfers come to me for help on the fitness side is to improve their flexibility. And in order to be flexible, we need to keep the soft tissue of the body hydrated. That's our muscles and fascia. Um, so we're not going to be able to stretch that tissue very well if we're not properly hydrated. Um, another reason is our joints. Uh, our joints create synovial fluid, which is a lubricant for the joint. And that synovial fluid, of mm-hmm. course, is made up of mostly water. Uh, Another aspect of hydration is your brain. Brain is made up of mostly water and fat. um, And research has shown that just a loss of one to 2% of water weight can affect your ability to think clearly. So if we use um, a 200 pound person as an example, that's two to four pounds of water. If you're playing on a hot day, it's 
probably not uh, um, thought of to lose that much weight in water. And that's going to affect your ability to think clearly on the golf course. Uh, it'll affect your reaction time, your ability to make, you know, decisions as to uh, reading the greens, what club to select as well. So you don't want to be walking around in a yeah. dehydrated state. Is right. And, and also let me just add very quickly. Yeah. Let me add very quickly to, to that, Brett, um, you know, being somebody that's, uh, you know, mid fifties, obviously, as we get a little bit older, I mean, you know, I try to stay in, in good shape in that and I'm out, you know, outside a lot in, in the hot weather here in, in uh, Florida. So, you know, it's important for me to be hydrated, uh, you know, daily as well. And I think as you pointed out too, uh, with the joints and things like that, not keeping them properly lubricated is going to increase uh, some of the discomfort and, and pain and that we're going to experience. And add on top of that, the exertion that a golfer is using out in the golf, they're, again, not properly lubricated uh, by, by drinking enough liquids. Um, they're going to start to, uh, in addition to getting fatigued and, and the brain not working as well as it should be, they're going to start feeling some other discomforts, uh, pain and joint aches and things like that because their body has lost too much uh, fluid. So that's something, too, that yeah. obviously um, you're trying to make people mindful of, correct? That's uh, exactly it, and a lot of people would, wouldn't even think to, to associate those complaints that we just discussed that you just brought up with a lack of hydration. Right. Uh, they don't equate the two. But the, the first cure-all for most any illness is adequate hydration. And if a lot of times that right. will clean up a lot of complaints, including headaches, joint pain, back pain. Remember, our discs are, are again, mostly water. So if you're walking around dehydrated, it, it could lead to a lot of complaints, uh, all attributed to lack of hydration. So we always want to start with adequate water intake. Right. So let's talk about how much, you know, um, we hear everybody say, well, you need to drink more water and that. How much water? Give us, you know, again, let's use that, that scenario of the, uh, you know, a 200 pound uh, person, because that's kind of in my category. Uh, so this will help mm-hmm. me a lot. Um, how much, how much do we need based on, on that, uh, that formula? So we're going to make it really simple. I know uh, a very common uh, uh, normer is that we should have eight, eight ounces eight ounce glasses of water per day, which is 64 ounces, but we're all not the same size. Um, so right. the really simple formula is just going to take your body weight, divide that in half. So if we're using that 200 pound person, again, we're talking about a one, 100 ounces of water per day. So whatever your body weight is, divide it in half. And that's the amount of ounces a day you should take in. So that's about three liters of water, three one liter bottles. It's really easy to see what you should be drinking when you put those three okay. bottles together. And what? A, yeah. Right now, obviously, we're not going to guzzle all three liters uh, at once. When's the best time to uh, to hydrate like that? When's the best time to be drinking that? Is there is there a, or is there a best time? There is a best time. The best time is as soon as you get out of bed. All right. So when you think about it, we've gone at hopefully. We talked about the importance of sleep uh, on the last episode, but you, uh, right. you have probably <laughs> been without water for at least eight hours, right? Um, and you lose water through respiration, perspiration, and urination. And, of course, as another person over 50, the older you get, the more you have to get up 
in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So when you wake right. up, you want to start with hydration, right? You're familiar with that. So um, yep. I start my morning. The first thing I do is fill a glass of room temperature water and, and drink that straight away. Uh, you could drink up to 25% of that daily requirement first thing in the morning, right? Before you consume your meal, before you consume your first caffeinated beverage, right? So a lot of people will go straight to caffeine. First thing they put in their mouth is coffee or tea. And I enjoy my coffee in the morning, but that is subsequent to hydration. Hydration is going to come first before I have my caffeinated beverage. And then I'm going to replace that caffeinated beverage with an equal amount of water. Because that, remember that caffeine is going to right. take water out of the cells and out of the body. So the first thing in the morning is when you're going to start your rehydration process, up to 25%. Uh, if you're playing golf okay. and you're going to be out on the course for four, five hours, you're going to take another 50% of your daily intake throughout the course of those four or five hours, which means you've got to be sipping on water throughout the day. And the rest uh, is going to come with your meals. Uh, hopefully with your lunch and your dinner. Right. And, and obviously water not only is, is good for the hydration, but you also point out too. Um, and by the way, let me just let everybody know that what we're talking about tonight, uh, Brett has put in uh, a great article that he uh, will talk about uh, a little bit later on where you can go and read everything in its entirety. So we're just going to hit some of the high points tonight on the show. And then I want you to go uh, to the website and, and so forth and read that. But um, it's also good for detox process, starting that detox process as well, correct? Yeah, it helps with uh, keeping the bowels lubricated uh, and getting rid of detox uh, toxins in the bloodstream, not just from the meals that you eat, but during the day as you sweat, you want to clean the pores out. So uh, water is is the ultimate cleansing agent. There's um, There's nothing better than drinking clean water to detoxify the body. Right. And, and I want to clear up a little bit because, and I know a lot of people personally that, that do this next no-no, if you will. Um, they think, well, okay, well, I've got to, you know, drink uh, 100 ounces a day, so uh, I'm going to, you know, drink a bunch of sports drinks. Um, certainly right. there's nothing right. wrong with having a sports drink, but, but explain that a little bit better. And, and also uh, we'll, we'll then follow up with, with energy drinks, some of the do's and don'ts there. Yeah. Well, there is some things wrong with sports drinks. So for the most part, uh, at least golfers don't need a sports drink. Um, sports drinks have been popularized through sports figures and uh, lots of television advertising, but they're full of sugar, uh, unnecessary amounts of carbohydrates that a golfer does not need as they walk the golf course. They're also um, filled with artificial dyes and colors, one of the basic principles of yeah. eating properly is if you look at it and that color does not occur in nature, you shouldn't be eating or drinking it. And certainly when you look at um, sports <laughs> drinks, those, those, those bright colors do not occur in nature. Uh, so it's not doing your body any good. Um, there's a lot of chemicals in those products and you really don't need them to stay hydrated on the course. Water will, will suffice. And, there's really not much else that hydrates outside of water except for one other beverage that I'm aware of, and that's coconut water. Anything else that people will think of as hydrating because it's, it's in water, which would be a soda, a tea, a coffee, a juice, actually 
takes water out of the cells for the body to detoxify it, to get rid of it, to consume it. So they are, right. are all dehydrating. So it's either water or coconut water as rehydrating agents. You don't need snow strings down on the golf course. Now, there's been a lot, and, and I just want to add to this a little bit and, and just get your, your feedback um, because, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been one that's that sort of over the years had kind of bought into this, well, you need to have um, certainly drink a lot of water throughout the day, um, but maybe having, and I'll throw a name out there, you know, a Gatorade to, to get those electrolytes mm-hmm. back in your system. Um, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. obviously a myth, if you will. Um, what can we do? To, to help that a little bit. Are we losing a lot of the electrolytes throughout the day, if you will, or is this just another buzz uh, phrase or phrases that, that the industry has put out there? No, you, you do. If you're sweating a lot, uh, you will lose electrolytes. I mean, I, I was an endurance runner for a very long time. And of course this is a major topic uh, when it comes to being out there on the road, um, moving your body sometimes for you know, two to four hours, depending on the length of the race. So hydration, nutrition, um, they're key. Uh, so there's a certain amount of fluid and uh, electrolytes that you're going to lose through sweat, but you could offset right. that with water by looking for the following kinds of water. You want to look for spring or um, – uh, I'm trying to think of the, the – the type of water that comes from underground it occurred to me in a second. These are the kind of kinds of water that, that have natural uh, minerals in them. And okay. If, so you, you look for a water with what they have uh, a total dissolved solids of, of 700 or more. And those are the electro the natural electro, electrolytes are already in the water. And if you want to supplement that, what you would do is you take a pinch of sea salt usually pink, uh, pink sea salt, and just drop that in the bottle of water and shake it up, and you would not taste the salt. But the sea salt has the natural electrolytes in there rather than the artificial ones that you're going to get in the Gatorade product that you're talking about. So there is a way to get oh, those well, electrolytes. Oh, well, that's gonna, a great tip. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, don't ha- you don't have to drink Gatorade. Yeah. That's a that's a great tip in itself, Brett, right there, because, you know, this is something that, and again, uh, you know, I understand everybody wants to sell their products, but this is something that um, I, I've long suspected as well, that a lot of these organizations are, are pushing this, and, and you're right, it's full of a lot of sugars and things that people don't need, and artificial uh, uh, flavoring and coloring that's been added that's, uh, I'm sure, not, uh, uh, not good for us as well. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's wrap up. Just maybe give a very quick wrap up on hydration there, and then let's uh, talk about uh, the nutritional side of things, and we'll get into that discussion sure. as well. But just wrap up again, sure. just to remind everybody uh, what they need to do. Yeah, I wanted to add one comment to what you just said that you were you have been sure. kind of convinced that that you needed those products. So a principle I learned from studying holistic nutrition lifestyle is the more the product is advertised the worse it is for you. It's a really simple thing to right. think about, right? So, so if, if you're seeing it on television a lot, you're seeing billboard ads, magazine ads, you, it's not something you want to be consuming. So that's just an aside for um, those kind of products. The bottom line for water is you want to remember drink half your body that's weight. That's another great day. tip to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, that goes for, for any product, whatever, a food, a beverage. 
Um, so you want to drink half your body weight in ounces a day. Uh, you may need more if it's hot. Yep. And and you're sweating along in the course. Start your day with up to 25% of water, and then you want to consume about 50% more during the four hours you're out on the course. Very it's, good. It's pretty simple. Um, it's pretty simple. Yeah, and and you know what? It, it, it you really take a, a good look at some of the the common. Um, you know, thought process, if you will, that's been out there for a long time. You know, you mentioned about the, the traditional eight ounces a day, um, you know, uh, eight, eight drinks, uh, you know, eight ounces a day. Uh, and that's obviously not necessary. And, and, you know, a lot of times misinformation out there can, can be detrimental to, to people's health as well. So you need to really uh, consult people that specialize in this. And, uh, and that's why, you know, I wanted to bring you to the program as well, because I think it's important, you know, it's great, you know, we all want to learn how to play better golf, um, you know, with lessons and things like that and, and understanding how to navigate around the golf course. Uh, but there's also other key components as well that can make it a pleasurable experience like nutrition and hydration. Um, so let's talk about hydration. There's, there's obviously a pre and post round nu- uh, nutrition. Uh, talk about some of the benefits there. Yeah. So you want to start your day with a proper breakfast there's a lot of people that still think it's okay to start their day with just a cup of coffee and maybe a carbohydrate in the morning. Um, That's not going to cut it. I know uh, I discussed in the article that, you know, if you're a parent, you wouldn't let your kid go to school without breakfast. It seems, it seems common sense, but, but yet adults will think nothing of going out to play a game of golf without having breakfast. And you need breakfast because we know that um, a nourished body equals a sharp mind. And you're going to last longer on the golf course and play golf better with a complete breakfast. So breakfast is key. Uh, whether your tea time's 7 or 8 o'clock or noon, um, breakfast is going to have a big effect on how well you perform out on the course. Uh, so pre-round nutrition is really important to focus on for your energy needs and, and, and focus out on the course. Remember, you're waking up deprived of water and food for 8 to 12 hours, so the first thing you need to do is have that glass of water that we just discussed and then prepare your breakfast. Uh, and having a balanced breakfast will help control your blood sugar levels, not just early in the morning but even after lunch. So let's talk about the breakfast right away because this is something, too, that a lot of people – um, uh, you know, and, and I understand everybody's dietary needs are different and, but generally what are some good things to, to start the, the day off in order, you know, let's say we've got an early tea time. A lot of times you'll see people will, will grab something real quick and fly out the door because they, you know, they, they've got an early yeah. tea time and usually it's something that's not really that good for them. It's not going to give them sufficient energy to, to at least get started. Uh, and then all kinds of other things happen while they're out there on the round. We'll talk about that as well. But what's a good breakfast, um, you know, for somebody that, that wants to get out on the course early, that's going to give them uh, a little bit of mileage and traction out there in the golf course? So ultimately, you want to have a, a breakfast that's going to help you control blood sugar. So blood sugar control is, is really key to overall health as well, as well as performance on the golf course. And, to control blood sugar, you need your breakfast to to be mostly fat and protein and not be dominated by carbohydrates. Because if you consume carbohydrates by themselves, those carbohydrates are going to break down very rapidly into blood sugar 
which creates a spike, which creates a dip, which creates a craving, uh, and and you won't be able to focus. So um, ultimately, it would be an example would be bacon and eggs, some avocado. Uh, bacon and eggs could be cooked in grass-fed butter or coconut oil, and th- those fats will help sustain your blood sugar levels for hours and hours. There's people that will say, well, i got to get out there early. I'm not going to have time to make that breakfast. So I wrote an article about right. putting, putting a shake together that's going to have the same uh, quality but only <clears throat> takes a few minutes to make. Uh, I called it the chocolate chunky monkey, and I got some uh, some good comments <laughs> back from my clients. I sent them the recipe. Um, but basically, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just consuming good fat and protein um, and lots of micronutrients all in one glass. It takes 45 seconds to make. You just have to have the ingredients on board. So there's really no excuse not to have something uh, before you get out the door. And it's something you put in a shaker bottle and take with you even you needed to drink while you were driving to the course. So breakfast is going to be right, and that's the yeah, the case. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is that that's a great uh, point right there because there, that that falls into a lot of people's wheelhouses. That, you know, I don't have time, and mm-hmm. so there's really no excuse. Uh, again, less than a minute, they can prepare it, and if they've got to fly out the door, they can drink it on their way to the golf course. So there's no excuse to not get those nutrients uh, even before you play. Yeah, I just, you could go to my website for that particular recipe, but there's lots of other great, you know, smoothie recipes out there. You could get anywhere on the internet. The key is it has to have fat in it. Um, so there's lots of easy ways to do that. It could be peanut butter, it could be avocado, it could be an egg, but you need to have fat inside the shake, otherwise. You're just going to have that blood sugar spike, and it's not going to really benefit you very much on the course. And, and I want to, yeah, I wanted to mention something, and, and I want to get you in a, in a moment to talk about some of the things that the food will affect. It's not just sugar, but obviously hormonally um, and, and muscle repair and things like that. But uh, another common problem that we see on the golf course, um, in addition to not good hydration, is eating food that is not beneficial while they're out in the golf course. You know, the cart go comes around or um, Mm -hmm. a lot of courses. Now you, uh, you know, you can order right off the golf court and they'll bring out this big, you know, um, uh, greasy hamburger or or hot dog. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some good ideas to, to, you know, I mean, you don't want to be a stick in the mud when you're playing with your group, but at the same time, you want to be smart about your play. So what's some good options while you're out at the golf course, maybe, you know, hitting the turn there instead of getting some of these uh, traditional options that I just mentioned, what are some good options for golfers to to consider taking with them uh, or purchasing while they're there? Right. So now we're beyond breakfast. We've had, we've had water, we've had breakfast. Now we're out on the course and we need to keep those blood sugar levels stable. So what are we going to eat? As you mentioned, most of the time, the choices that are offered are not the ones you want. Right, so you want to stay away from anything that's high in salt, high in sugar, or high in caffeine, or so high in fat like the greasy hamburger and French fries that it's going to put you to sleep because it's so heavy and hard to digest. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, that you could save that for after the game, not while you're playing the game. If you're taking it seriously, uh, if you're just out there for fun and doesn't matter, sure. then 
you know. But if you if you want to perform well, you you need to feel well. Uh, so the best way to go about it is really to prepare snacks at home and bring them with you. Um, there are some quality snacks that you could buy. I'll mention a couple of them that, that I know of. But some of the things that you can prepare sure. is just trail mix, which is a a great thing to have. You would use unsalted nuts, whatever you like, peanuts, cashews, almonds, or mix them all together, some dried fruit, and put that in a Ziploc bag. Um, if you're able to carry a bag that has uh, an ice pack in it, hummus and celery, peanut butter and celery, quality jerky would be a great thing to carry around. Uh, also, it's already dried, so it's not going to go bad. And look for ones that don't have high sugar contents because a lot of those that are out there also are going to have a lot of sugar in them. You have to be careful with jerky that there's not a lot of sugar in the jerky. But those were those were homemade right. um, snack options. Aside from that, uh, one of the things that I know the players use, I don't know all of them that are using it, but I know it's really popular with Jordan Speed, is, uh, is a natural granola called Julie's Real. I've met Julie herself. She's a fascinating woman who created these products as healthy alternatives for her husband who was ill. And now these are um, sold countrywide. Their products are available in Whole Foods and Fairway Market. And they're 100% natural uh, ingredients with that are paleo, gluten-free, um, and they'll help keep you your, your blood sugar levels stable. And they come in a little Ziploc bag. So they're, they're gluten-free granola in a bag. Awesome stuff. Um, and wow. another great... Yeah, if, if you haven't tried it, you really should. They also make all kinds of varieties of nut butters, uh, which are they're just awesome. So those put in your shake if you want. Uh, another great snack is something called a Merit Bar. Uh, I know the chef who created that bar. And um, those are made from natural cacao. And uh, there's a vegan and a, uh, a whey protein, grass-fed whey protein version of those bars. They're very dense. You don't need to eat the whole bar. Uh, they're organic, handmade, and they're great sources of fuel, and they taste really good. So those are a couple options. There's links to, the, to those products on uh, on the article on my website. Perfect. Um, you know, Brett, th- this is something, you know, for a long time that really a lot of golfers, uh, I think now are starting to, I mean, certainly not all of them, but I think people are starting to become more health conscious uh, for a variety of reasons, not just to, to help their golf game, but to just uh, be eating healthier and feeling healthier. Um, and I know that, you know, you see a lot of our, our senior golfers out there, even they're starting to wise up a little bit. Uh, another thing too, and I just want to throw this in there and then, and then I want us to move on, but uh, is, um, you know, again, you know, the cart girls coming around it, it's very tempting to, to want to have a nice ice cold beer. Um, that sort of mm. falls in the, the, the category that you talked about earlier uh, with hydration, you know, if you've been starting the, the, the day off well and the round off well, and then all of a sudden you want to, uh, you know, consume uh, a couple of uh, alcoholic beverages, that's going to uh, obviously dehydrate you uh, a lot and obviously um, sort of derail your good efforts. So that's not always yeah. the best yeah. option either while you're out in the golf course, correct? <laughs> correct. I mean, I think, I think every, every adult knows that alcohol is, is a depressing. <laughs> uh, it may make you feel good temporarily, but it's it's not going to help you for your performance. And so, if you're drinking it, you're aware. I think most people are going to be aware that that's going to be. Uh, if you're really taking your game seriously, 
you can wait till after you play. And, and we've been talking about fitness on your show for a while. And I think, I certainly hope the people who are listening in know that improving their fitness is an important component of improving their game. Um, but a lot yep. of people just don't have a solid grasp of basic nutrition and supplementation concepts and then how important they got they are to their performance out on the course and recovery from, yep. from and, day-to-day play. So all, all this is important, not just for going out one day, but for going out multiple days in a row. Right, exactly. I mean, you want to be able to sustain uh, those good energy levels, and you're exactly right. And and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this year to talk about some of the different things. It's not just about, you know, working out and getting in physical shape, but it, um, there's other components to it. I mean, you can go to the gym or you can get with a personal trainer, but if you're not fueling your body correctly, um, you're not going to uh, get the, the optimal results. And, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, come to us as instructors and they say, well, you know, I'm not playing well. And, you know, I just, I, you know, get around, uh, you know, by about the seventh or eighth hole, uh, you know, I'm starting to get sluggish and whatever. And, you know, uh, this is why I wanted to do these segments was to give people mm. an understanding of what they're doing to their bodies while they're, you know, not just out in the golf course, but before they get to the course uh, is going to affect that round. 18 holes, uh, you know, is not, uh, is nothing to sneeze at. It may not be as visual, uh, physically enduring as, as, you know, uh, running a marathon in many ways, um, but you're out on the golf course uh, for a minimum, if you're playing 18 holes, a minimum of four and a half to five hours, uh, if you're lucky. Yeah. And that's a long time to be outside, especially in, in uh, heated condition. Uh, so yeah. you know, your body, uh, again, needs to be fueled properly as well as just, you know, going to the gym and, and lifting some weights and doing exercises. So um, this yeah, is one yeah, of the and things. Then, and, every, and also it affects – right, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, finish your sentence. I'll have something to add as soon as you're finished. That's okay. I was just going to say, you know, I wanted to, to move on and, and talk also hormonally what, what happens as well. But uh, but go ahead and make your your comments, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. You were just mentioning how long, you know, you're out there playing. And whether you're walking or taking a cart, every shot you have to focus on. And that mental focus takes physical energy. That was, that was the only other point I wanted to make. Right? So you're going you're gonna to need right. to focus on what you're doing, you know, especially in a short game. Yep. Yep. And, and we see it as instructors. Let me just very quickly point out, to, just to add to that point, um, we see this as instructors, even on the lesson tee or in a playing lesson, you know, when we get out somebody out there for a couple of hours on the course uh, during a playing lesson, it's very easy to see the people that haven't really taken good care of themselves uh, and not just, you know, because they've got a little bit, you know, larger around the midsection or something, but um, mm-hmm. just because they're not well hydrated um, they haven't eaten a good breakfast, let's say, or, or they're, you know, uh, nutritionally otherwise, and they get out there and they're not able to focus on the tasks at hand very easily because they, uh, again, are very lethargic and very confused. So um, this is, uh, again, a reason why it's very important. Um, so let, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's go on to the next thing hormonally. What, what happens here? Well, if you're exercising or you're out, playing golf for four or five hours, you have to realize exercise is stress and stress creates a hormonal response of cortisol in the body. It's the stress response to exercise. Um, But you could control, which it's normal, but you could control how much cortisol is in your body by eating a meal as soon as possible 
after you play. So this is where we're talking about um, nutrition, post-round nutrition. So it's really important in post-round to uh, to follow the same principles, but now we could add some more carbohydrates to the meal in the form of uh, starches because that will break down into the bloodstream a little more rapidly and actually help the protein and the fat get absorbed into the cells and um, slow down the cortisol levels, which is an inflammatory response in the body. So we don't want to forget about taking in protein and fat uh, after we play, but it's that's the time. If you, Like if you're going to have an alcoholic beverage, you're going to have a dessert, that's the acceptable time to have it is post-round. Post Perfect. Um, before we add uh, the third component to it, um, some supplement options, um, I know there's some other – uh, healthy foods, you talked about some snacks that we can take out there. Um, but we also, I think we talked about this once before, uh, we want to be careful too that we don't add um, certain things. Like for instance, uh, you know, I, I'm all about shakes, uh, but there are also some mm. shakes out there that people use as a replacement for a meal. That's not necessarily, I mean, sometimes in a pinch you can get away with it, but that's not something we want to encourage either, correct? Correct. We will, there really isn't a meal replacement. Uh, if we're going to talk about supplements, supplements are exactly that. They're something that you add to to complete um, what's already there. So before we, we think of supplements, we have to understand that um, we're just using that as, as insurance in case there's some gaps in our diet. So we still have to be concerned about nutri- uh, hydration, rather, and that our diet is really a whole food diet. Um, we're not trying to replace the lack of that whole food diet with supplement or meal replacement beverages. Um, they're just there to fill the gaps because we don't okay. eat perfect no matter so, who we are. <laughs> yeah, I can attest to that. I mean, you know, I, I try my best to, you know, I try my best to, to eat, uh, you know, healthy in that, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest here. You know, I fall off that train uh, myself yeah. on occasion. So, um, well, you know, I mean, we, we're all human and, you know, we, we like to have some fun and, and get out there and, you know, scarf down a pizza every once in a while or something like that. That's yeah. probably not always <laughs> right. best for us. Um, yep. you know, but, um, you, you gotta do what you gotta do, but, you know, ultimately Brett, what we want to do here, um, tonight is really get people, um, to consider some healthy options. And again, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, I don't want people to misunderstand, well, you know, Lord, I've, I've got to change my entire diet and, and do all this. No, we're not saying that. Um, but we're saying there's some healthy options and things that you need to understand and consider. And I also always recommend, um, too, that, um, you know, I, I don't believe in people just sort of making radical changes without really consulting uh, with a professional, uh, whether it be your, yeah. your doctor or a, a nutritionist, things like that, because I, uh, somebody that, that's been certified and trained properly because we want to make sure that people are ingesting things um, that are truly good for them and not just because, uh, as you talked about earlier, because the commercial says they're good. So we want to make sure you do your due diligence there as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but talk about uh, there's a specific um, recommendation that you have for supplements that you think is, is sort of a well-rounded. Talk a little bit about that and why and the differences um, out there as well in the market. Yeah, so the, the very first supplement, uh, which is the top of this pyramid, starting with hydration, whole food nutrition, and supplementation, 
is going to be uh, a general multivitamin. And now we're talking about a high-quality multivitamin that's made from whole food, not synthetic. So once again, remember I mentioned that the more it's advertised, the less good it is for you. And the one multivitamin that comes to mind immediately, because it's advertised on television a lot, is one that starts with the letter C, right? I'm sure you're familiar with that one, Centrum, Centrum Silver. Um, That's a synthetic vitamin that has little or no value. So if it's cheap, it's not good for you. This is one of the, one of the instances okay. where um, you are typically going to get um, more for your money. So you have to, it's going to cost more than the synthetic version, right. but it's going to be a lot better for your body. Your body really does not absorb uh, synthetic vitamins or vitamins in quantities that it's not used to getting in nature. Uh, so you want to look for a good quality um, whole food multivitamin and not a synthetic vitamin. That's not going to be properly absorbed by the body. You're going to get little or no benefit from taking that at all. So that's the first part. Yeah. Right, it's starting with a good and, – and again, you know, getting a good quality multivitamin is, is important as well. And, and as you said, you know, it, it's not – also, too, and I, and I want you maybe just to very quickly touch about this, it's it's to help preventative as well, because obviously as we age, you know, we start to get down that path of, of um, uh, not just general aging where we look a little bit older, uh, but uh, mm. chronic issues can, can start to develop. So these are good ways, too, to help prevent some of that. Um, which ultimately, again, is going to translate to some, some uh, fun out in the golf course, you know, when you're well into your 60s, 70s, and 80s and beyond. So um, talk a little bit about that, some of the research that talks about chronic yeah, disease. So the better nutrition that you have on board, the easier it's going to be for the body to detoxify itself. And, and we're all exposed to, to toxins everywhere. We, we take them in our food, whether we eat organic or not, they're, they're still there. Uh, there's air pollution, water pollution. Um, and what a golfer, a lot of golfers probably don't think about is they're exposed to a lot of toxins just by walking the course through the artificial fertilizers and insecticides that are sprayed on the grass and the trees. So, um, it's really important to take in a little bit extra nutrition and extra hydration to help detoxify the body of, of those things that they're exposed to maybe even on a daily basis. Okay. Um, now, there's yeah. some other good supplements as well. Let's talk about the second supplement that you recommended and why. Yeah, number two is one that I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with is the uh, taking of omega-3 fatty acids or high-quality fish oil. Uh, omega-3 fatty acids are lacking in the diet today, uh, and they're really mm-hmm. important in controlling blood sugar, helping to prevent diabetes, weight gain. It's a natural anti-inflammatory and does also help with brain function. So uh, it's important to get adequate omega-3s in your diet. And if you're not salmon on a regular basis, then you're probably going to supplement with a high-quality fish oil. Uh, The usual dosage, and they're going to be on bottles, is one to two capsules per 50 pounds of body weight. Okay. Hmm. See, I'm learning something myself here tonight as well. I mean, I I do take... uh, yeah, I do take uh, fish oil, but um, uh, but I I wasn't always sure about how many. I mean, they always give you a recommendation on the on the bottles, but 
um, yeah. that's uh, good information to have as well to have a better understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, we have uh, more supplements here. The other things that uh, are important to take. What's the third one? Third one is vitamin D, and vitamin D is uh, deficient in most of the population of the world these days, uh, and it's actually considered a steroid or a hormone that we need uh, to help absorb other nutrients. So if it's not on board, we could be deficient in other vitamins because it's a fat-soluble vitamin. It's really a hormone. Uh, and as we get older, we're talking about you know some of us who are over 50 again, our body doesn't uh, produce as much as we did when we were younger. Um, the best way to get vitamin D is sun exposure, but so many people are afraid of the sun and they're using sunscreen to such an right. extent that their bodies aren't producing vitamin D naturally, which is the best way to get vitamin D. It doesn't really take very very long. I think it's about 20 minutes of direct sunlight per day. But, um, you know, half the world's living in darkness for six months, so most everyone is vitamin D <laughs> deficient. Uh, yeah, and, and it's the problem because it could lead to uh, infections. It could lead to depression. Uh, there's an article I read recently that, you know, the concern whether or not that contributed to the recent suicides of some of the famous people uh, re- most recently. Uh, I'm sure the audience right. is familiar with Kate Spade's suicide and um, uh, Anthony Bourdain. So it's just speculation, but right. uh, it, a lack of vitamin D can lead to depression. It's really important to have sufficient vitamin D. So that's going to be our third supplement recommendation. All right. Um, what about number four? The fourth one is probably something a lot of people don't know about, and it's called ZMA. It's a combination of zinc, magnesium, and vitamin B6. And magnesium is another thing that most of us are deficient in. Um, magnesium is a mineral, but um, because our food supply is not so great. The soils are so depleted. It's been proven that most of us do not have enough magnesium on board. Uh, so it's important to get a magnesium supplement. And this combines both zinc, uh, rather zinc, magnesium, and B6 all in one. Uh, zinc is going to play a central role in the regulation of cellular growth and tissue repair. So we're talking about recovering and regenerating from day to day. That's going to be really helpful as well as helping maintain a healthy immune system. And magnesium is essential for the electrolyte balance. So you asked about electrolytes before. A lot of people right. that are experiencing cramps, I've had many clients over the years tell me I get leg cramps at night. What should I do? So the first thing I ask them to do is take a supplement of magnesium, 400 milligrams in the morning and at night. Mm-hmm. And almost every single case, leg cramps went away. Right. So that it's a yeah, very I've, simple, I've heard that inexpensive. As well. Yeah, you have right. Uh, so that's important yeah. to get sufficient amounts of magnesium. Um, so it's a great way to to supplement and to aid um, someone's body for recovery and, and replenishment. I t- that's now the supplement I take the last thing before I go to bed is, is the ZMA okay. tablet. Perfect. Yeah. And and what's our final supplement? The final is, is just a couple of herbs that are really the same, one and the same, is um, curcumin, which is a naturally occurring chemical compound that's found in the spice turmeric, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard. Turmeric is, is really a yellow 
powder uh, that's used commonly in Indian foods. But it's very high antioxidant properties in turmeric. So it helps with inflammation. Uh, so, and, and final supplement recommendation is to take a supplement of turmeric complex or curcumin, which will help with uh, in, inflammation, as opposed to popping uh, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory like an Advil or the like, which are commonly seen at golf courses. <laughs> I, I just yep. saw them myself <laughs> at an event. There were three different varieties laid out on the sink, so the pill poppers would take them before or after. So they have pain before they start, they take them before they even start playing, which of course is a problem because you're just masking a symptom. Um, but they're available. Right. Yeah. Right. So in other words, you recommend putting down the Advil and the ibuprofen and maybe uh, look at some of these other natural anti-inflammatories uh, as some yeah. of uh, another option instead. Um, well said. Absolutely. So yeah. let's... Yep. Yeah, so very quickly wrap up as as we get ready to to wind down, wrap up um, your bottom line, Brett, um, with some of the stuff we talked about tonight. Yeah, sure. So to summarize, everything's going to start with hydration. Half your body weight in ounces. Um, Nutrition should be whole food based. You want to start your day with breakfast, which is key for maintaining level blood sugar throughout the day. Uh, so that breakfast needs to contain fat and protein. You're going to replenish throughout the round with um, healthy snacks to maintain that blood sugar level. And then post-round, uh, you're going to follow those same principles of having fat, protein, carbohydrates with a little bit more carbohydrates typically than you did earlier in the day, which is going to help uh, get the protein back into the cell to replenish and promote recovery. Uh, All that put together is going to optimize hormonal response to exercise, help minimize post-exercise muscle soreness. So if you're playing day after day, uh, that's, again, one of the strategies that's going to help you last longer out on the golf course, uh, amongst the other ones we've spoken about in the previous episodes. And it helps, you know, getting sufficient protein uh, and hormonal response can help repair the connective tissue in the body. So the main objective here is not just to play golf, but to play pain-free golf and using these strategies of hydration, nutrition, supplementation, and adding that to training and the other recovery strategies I spoke about in the last uh, show gives you the best chance to play pain-free and play golf as long as you want to. Yeah, and I mean, what a great way to wrap that up, uh, Brett. Thank you. Um, You know, folks, uh, again, it's great to talk about instruction and it's great to talk about some of the different things to help uh, your golf game out there, which folks like myself and, and the guys on the uh, coaches corner panel that were uh, on earlier tonight. And of course, many of the other uh, great golf coaches around the world that uh, we feature on the program, um, they play a key role in helping you uh, play better golf, but there's also uh, folks out there like Brett Cohen um, from NY golf fitness guru who are there to design to help prepare you inside as well as outside to be able to go out and play your best golf. And that's one of the reasons why I bring them on the program um, because we sort of work hand in hand, if you will, what I teach and what some of the other great uh, golf professionals teach out on the golf course uh, strategy and, and, and prove your ball striking 
uh, is one thing, but there are other components to playing your best golf, not just to, out there on an individual round, but if you want to play multiple rounds, maybe you're going on vacation and you want to play a few rounds while you're on vacation. Uh, these are some things that Brett talked about, not just on tonight's show, but on previous shows uh, to help you be able to do that a little better. In addition to what we're teaching out there uh, on the practice tee. So, um, Brett, let the folks know if they want to uh, first uh, learn more about some of the great articles that you've re- uh, talked about tonight, uh, including the one we've just spoken about and uh, the uh, Chocolate Chunky Monkey, where they can go to get that and yeah. how they can reach out to you. Yeah, so basically uh, everything we spoke about is is um, in greater detail in a series of blogs that I put together on the website, and the website is NY golffitnessguru.com and all I have to go to go to is the blog tab uh, and so all of these are these topics we talked about are there in just a little bit greater detail the recipe for the shake which I call the chocolate chunky monkey is there in great detail so you could get the ingredients and put it together and enjoy it for yourself uh, uh, I'm sure you're going to like it if you do and that's really it and um, there's lots and of they other can great articles reach out to you as well through the as well. Yeah. 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 And they yeah, can reach the out to you through the website uh, as well. There's Yeah, my phone number's there. Uh my email address is there. It's just there's a contact us button. They could send me a note. <clears> if they want, they could comment on one of the blogs. Every everything they need is going to be contained on the website, nygolffitnessguru.com. Perfect. So one more time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, go to nygolffitnessguru.com to learn more about what we talked about tonight on the show. And in past shows, uh, you can find all the great articles that, that uh, Brett has posted up there on his blog. So make sure you check it out. And there's some other great tips and information that you might find. Or if you're going to be up in his area, up in New York, and uh, you want to reach out to, uh, to Brett, uh, you can reach out through that website as well. And uh, maybe you can uh, get together and work with him on helping you uh, get your fitness side of the game in a little bit more order and, and nutritionally. And uh, and also he'll talk to you about hydrating as well out in the golf course to mm-hmm. make it a more enjoyable yeah. round. Um, Brett, my friend, as always, thank you very much for joining me tonight on Golf Talk Live. It was a very interesting discussion. And uh, I am looking forward to having you come back uh, next month uh, for another great uh, discussion as well. Yeah. Thank you and have a great weekend. Thank you, Ted. Lots of fun. Bye-bye. Have a good weekend. All right. All right, that was my uh, very special guest uh, tonight, uh, Brett Cohen, the founder of NY Golf Fitness Guru. Uh, again, go to the website, nygolffitnessguru.com, uh, to learn more about what we talked about tonight. Um, and again, thanks again to the guys on the Coach's Corner panel, John Decker and Paul Castor. Thanks for doing a great job in tonight's discussion. I appreciate you giving of your time and uh, look forward to having you join me again on a future uh, Coach's Corner panel. And lastly, I just want to take this opportunity to thank all the listeners worldwide for faithfully tuning in uh, to Golf Talk Live each week. I certainly have a great amount of pleasure and enjoyment of having a number of highly talented coaches, teach professionals, authors, and entrepreneurs stop by. And it's really, uh, folks, and I mean this through their participation and guest appearances that really help to make Golf Talk Live a first-class show. Um, But most importantly, it's you, the listeners, for tuning in. Thank you for all of your continued support. Um, I, I mean that sincerely. Uh, don't forget to join me on Tuesday uh, with uh, some more great guests on the Women of Golf show. Uh, myself and my friend and co-host, LPJ Professional Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, will be back on air uh, Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, so make sure you check us out. Uh, and if you can't tune in live, uh, again, just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf 
And again, scroll down to the on-demand section. All of the previously aired uh, segments are there, so you can listen to them when it's convenient for you. And also, uh, next Thursday, I'll be back again with another great round of Coach's Corner and another interesting guest on the show. So make sure you tune into Golf Talk Live next Thursday from 6 to 8 Central uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com uh, network as well. Uh, or you can also go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, or TuneIn.com and enter in either Women of Golf or Golf Talk Live, and you can listen to either of the programs on those uh, various social media platforms as well. And if you want to reach out to me, if you're uh, in the golf industry, uh, or maybe if you have somebody that uh, you'd like to hear on the show that uh, is involved in the golf industry in some capacity and you think would make for an interesting guest, by all means, feel free to have them reach out to me. Uh, or you can reach out and, and pass me their information, and I will do my best to get them on the show. And you can do that by emailing me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in this week. Have a great weekend. Uh, God bless, and I look forward to seeing you right here next week on Golf Talk Live.